Amen. Romans chapter 8, going to read verse number uh, 14 and 15. Praise God. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse number 14 and 15. Verse 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight. Amen. I just want to go uh, just talk a little bit tonight uh, about the spirit of adoption. Amen. Amen. Paul said you didn't receive the spirit. Amen. The spirit of bondage, amen? You didn't receive a spirit of bondage, but you received a spirit, amen, of adoption. Praise God, amen. That's important to understand, amen. There's no adoption without the spirit. And without the spirit, you can't be, Paul says, you've got to be led by the spirit. And those that are led by the spirit, they are the sons of God. Amen. So without the Spirit, you can't be led of the Spirit. Not being led of the Spirit means you're not a son of God. Amen. And so uh, there's a process here uh, that's got to take place. Amen. And so, and and it's interesting, again, this is going to be kind of Bible study-ish tonight. I'm not, uh, I don't know how much screaming and hollering I've got in me tonight. I just want to talk to us a little bit. Um, If you want me to scream and holler, I guess I can scream and holler while I teach, but... um, and I'll try to throw out some dry, corny jokes every now and again, see if anybody picks them up. Um, amen. Brother Jared told a joke the other day. is a farm joke. I would tell it, but it's too corny. <laughs> Praise God. It's okay to laugh tonight, please. You're going to help me out. You're going to make me nervous if you're not going to laugh, even if you don't think they're funny, okay? Praise God. Amen. The Apostle Paul, amen, was talking about adoption, talking about uh, becoming a son of God, being led of the Spirit, amen. And so it's interesting, uh, why he, we need to understand why he's talking like this. And you know, in working with people who really don't have a lot of understanding or background knowledge of the Bible, uh, struggle with some of these, they don't, they, it really just kind of bypasses and they kind of miss the purpose or the depth of what Paul is talking about or becoming a son of God, and why that is so important, or what that even means, really. And uh, and honestly, the more and more I talk to people who've been in the church for a while, um, they don't know a whole lot either. Um, and that's not saying that, I'm not meaning that in a, in a bad way, um, but what I think happens a lot of times, what I think has happened a lot of times, uh, Brother Jared, is that folks have been in the church, and they never really got some things um, understood what some wor- even words meant or how to pronounce words or what this really means and it was never really explained and so they've been in the church long enough and they're almost embarrassed to ask amen I feel like that and I've ran into that uh, quite a bit and so I will for one I, I will encourage you um, uh, don't don't uh, don't not ask a question uh, out of uh, that you don't know or understand because you're afraid you're going to sound dumb or sound foolish to, to go ask Brother Brandon or Brother Jared or myself or Pastor 
um, because there's some very valid questions in the Bible. Amen. I was talking with someone just the other day, and uh, and and we were talking. I was they were asking about the children of Israel, and I explained to them. I was saying, well, okay, let's go back a little bit. I try to fulfill. I kind of fill out the the story here, and I said, now remember Jacob, right? Yeah, I remember Jacob. And so I explained. I says, well, he wrestled with an angel. He was a deceiver. And he was, he, and, and he did all these, you know, his, his life was uh, deception, and he stole the birthright from his brother and, and the blessing, and, and he was on the run, and, and uh, he saw the, the ladder, right? Remember Jacob's ladder, and angels ascending and descending. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And I said, remember whenever he came back that he wrestled with an angel? Yeah, I remember that. And I said, remember that he, he all night long, and he finally got blessed him, and he, then he, he, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and he, he walked with the limp. Yeah, yeah. I said, well, the Lord, remember, he changed his name from Jacob to Israel. Yeah. I said, so all the people we read about in the, New, in, in the Old Testament, the children of Israel, the 12 tribes, they were descendants. They were just Jacob's children. He had 12 sons, and it was their descendants that became the children of Israel or Jacob. And it was like, oh, I never realized that. And some of you might hear tonight, and I'm just using this story as an opportunity to say, maybe some folks, I'm telling you, to be honest, I was raised in church and didn't even realize that until I was an adult, okay, before I started preaching. So it's okay to ask the questions, to not understand. So to sit and go, oh, yeah, yes, yeah, oh, yeah. Don't, don't do that if you don't fully understand. Ask the question, okay? Again, I'm just talking. Maybe I'm I just... I'm, I'm trying to, because just in what I'm learning and experiencing is, 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 I think we just, we hear pastor preach things and we take some things for granted and we never truly get it fully. And uh, you may have been in church for 30 years, uh, but there still could be some things. And tonight, maybe there's someone tonight going, man, I never realized that. And that's a possibility. Amen. But the children of Israel, Israel was Jacob and his name was changed. Amen. And he just, his 12 sons and became 12 tribes of people, and they grew and multiplied, and uh, those were the people of God. Amen? Amen. And so, uh, I, I know that's a basic story, but I'm telling you, this person was just like, wow, that explains a lot. And so, uh, I, I didn't even really mean to get to say that tonight, but, but I just, in my thinking, realizing that there's so much, and as, you know, I work, uh, so individuals that I, I work with, and the more they're reading through, I've got folks in, in Gardner reading through the Bible. And uh, Sister Kathy, sweet lady, um, she told me just, she's reading through the Bible. I got, got, got folks reading, never read through the Bible before. I've been a Christian her whole life. And just admittedly, I have just never read it through. And uh, she came through about a month ago and she says, Pastor, she said, and I'm reading through the Bible. She goes, there's a lot of crazy stuff in there. And she, I said, well, yes, there is. She goes, man, it was a bloody mess. And, um, and so there's just, there's just lots in there. And so I guess I kind of get, I digress and kind of go off tangent just a little bit. Amen. So in, in this idea uh, tonight, Paul, amen, writing to the Romans, okay, he's writing to this church in Rome. Amen. That's another thing is, is Rome was, there was people there that were converted Christians. Amen. And, uh, and he tells them, he tells these people uh, that, that if you're led by the Spirit of God, 
that's how you know you're a son of God. And so uh, Paul goes on and, and says, you didn't receive a spirit of adoption, you received the spirit, or uh, receive a spirit of bondage, you received a spirit of adoption. Amen. So Paul emphasizes that what you've got was the spirit of adoption within you. Amen. So that's the importance of why we, we talk about receiving the, the gift of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because if you're going to be a son of God, uh, you've got to be led by the Spirit. And if you're going to be led by the Spirit, you've got to have the Spirit. Amen. And so that's where this, this uh, Paul is, is, is trying to explain that to these, these individuals. And so that's why we emphasize so much on receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because then you have the you have the Holy Ghost. Now you can become a son of God, a child of God. Amen. And you receive now that spirit of adoption. When you've received the spirit of God, you've now been adopted by God into his family. Amen. You become his child. You become all, his own. You, he now, um, I always tease and I talk about our kids and then our birth kids. And then I talk about the kids we bought. Um, I usually, I, t I told a lady one time we bought them off, of, I think, E. Craigslist. She was convinced. She told somebody, she goes, they bought those kids off of Craigslist. And, uh, and so much so that one of her daughters actually came. She said, did you guys really buy those kids off of Craigslist? And I said, no. And I forgot I'd even told the woman. But anyway, but we adopted them. We actually March 17th of 2015, we went into a courthouse here in Olathe, and we signed, and we stood before a judge and all that, and when it was all said and done, we signed documents, and laid legally by the court, they became our children, and so now I have all the responsibilities to care for, to, but at the same time, everything that my, my biological birth children have right to so do my adopted children it, 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 and, and the in, in my eyes there's no different there's no difference to me and in the eyes of, of the law there's no difference amen and so uh they're they're my they're just as much my children as our other three amen because i've asked about Braden, and they won't take him back <laughs> just kidding wow i'm waking you guys are with me praise the lord you're hanging on every word tonight amen no oh, i love my son he's awesome Amen. He's the best son I got. Amen. But we adopted them. Amen. And so uh, it, it's, a, it's a process. It didn't happen overnight. It took time. Amen. But they are now mine. And if we want to become gods, we're not his by nature. We're not his by, uh, by birth. Amen. We've got to be adopted into his family. And the only way to get adopted into his family is by receiving the spirit of adoption. Amen? Amen. And so how can we, uh, and I've asked this question to individuals before and talking about how do you know at what point the spirit that you receive the spirit. And this is kind of veering off of my notes a little bit, uh, but it's a good place to insert this. So how, talking about how do you know when you receive the Spirit. And, and I think I may have alluded this before, but, uh, and, I, and I said, you know, don't you want to know, or, or what, how, with my children, if, 
they were there. We got pictures and we got a document. We got everything to prove that this happened, right? We, we have the evidence that, that we, we can show you right now. I can take you to the house and we got the adoption certificate and, and, we, and we got all, all this stuff, amen, to prove that they are our children, that the adoption was final, that it was done with, amen, that it had actually happened, that they truly are mine and it became ours. Well, would you want to have that kind of assurance to know that you are the child of God? Is some kind of evidence? Wouldn't you want to be able to point to something and say, that right there, I can prove that I am a child of God, that I've received the spirit of adoption. Amen. And so we have evidence and proof. Amen. God didn't leave us hanging. He loves us. He's our, he's our father. He, he adopted us into his family, a bunch of no good for nothing kids. Amen. God said, I love you enough that I'm going to adopt you. Amen. And so he gave us that, uh, that sign, if you will, or the evidence Amen, amen, to know that we are his children. Praise God. And this isn't a new thing to God. God did this, he's always done, with his, with his people, he's left, he put, a, he, he's, he put a mark upon his people. Amen. We talk about Abraham, amen. Um, and I'm kind of jumping a little bit ahead of me, or a little ahead of myself. Um, I'm talking third person or something, I don't know what I am. But... Um, Go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. Hopefully it's all right. Hallelujah. Amen. So Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. It says, if ye be Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise, all right? So you're Abraham's seed, your children, the offspring, if you will, of Abraham, if you're in Christ, amen. He, he didn't say, uh, because there, there was the, here was the contention, amen. God called a people out of the world, of all the heathen, of all the nations in the, on the globe, amen, at the time, God called Abraham out of of his people, the land of, uh, of, Ur, of the Chaldees. He called him out and separated him and gave him a promise. Amen? He says, I'm going to give you, uh, uh, you're going to have children as the, uh, as the sand on the sea, as the stars in the sea. You look up in the stars or the sky and see the stars and number them. That's, that's the seed that you're going to have. That's the children you're going to have that are going to come out from. Kings are going to come out from you. Amen? And he gave them a promise. And, and man, that's wonderful. That's great. And, uh, and, and so he, he makes a covenant with Abraham. Amen? So he calls him and says, you're, you're, I'm calling you out of, all the, uh, out of every uh, uh, person on the earth, I'm calling you out, and I'm going to put my name in, in, in you. I'm going to make a covenant, an everlasting covenant, amen, uh, with you. Praise God. I'm trying to find, amen, because I'm, I'm all over the place here tonight. Yeah, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Praise God, 1 through 4. Genesis 12, 1. It says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. Verse 2. And I will make of thee a great nation, I will bless thee, and I will make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. 
and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Verse 4, so Abram departed, and the Lord had spoken unto him, as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, and Abraham was 70 and 5 years old when he departed out of Haran. Okay, so God calls Abraham out of this land, amen? And so God now has a, is, is making a covenant, amen, with Abraham. But Paul told the Galatian church, he says, if you're in Christ, you're Abraham's seed, amen? It says you're heirs according to the promise. So what God is promising Abraham, amen, to this people, to this lineage, if you will, he says, okay, this is, if you're in Christ, this promises to you as well, amen? And so here's the thing. We talk about uh, this evidence of adoption, you know, the paperwork and whatnot. Well, God calls and separates this people, Abraham, and his family, his children and whatnot, amen, and also does not leave them questioning, amen? He doesn't leave them questioning. He gives them uh, evidence, if you will, amen, that, they're the godly, that they are God's chosen people. That's what God doesn't want people questioning whether they're his or not. He wants to, he wants to give a, a, a very specific and clear, uh, he, he wants a ch his children to know, hey, this is my father. I am a seed, a child of Abraham, and we have God as our father. Amen. And so we read in Genesis chapter 17, verse number 1. It says, and when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee. And thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name anymore be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee, and I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. Verse number seven, and I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee, in their generations, for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee, and to thy seed after thee. He says, I'm going to establish it. Amen. I'm going to make a promise. That's what a covenant is. He said, I'm going to promise it, and I'm entering into this, and I'm making this covenant between you and the seed after you. Amen. And generations for all their gener everlasting, everlasting covenant. covenant. Amen. Amen. Between uh, that I'm going to be a God unto you and to your children. Amen. I, I contemplated tonight, amen, uh, singing that Sunday school song. I really did. Father Abraham. Just because I, I, I'm that way, I guess. But um, I have a hard time getting out of Sunday school. But Adele could even come and help me if he wanted. But, but we're not going to, so it's okay. Amen. But he says, an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. He says, and I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Amen. God's making a lot of promises. God's making a lot of promises. Amen. He says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to establish this covenant. Verse 9 says, God said to Abraham, Thou shalt keep 
my covenant. He says, I'm going to keep my end of the deal. Now, you're going to have to keep your end of the deal. Amen. I, I, I'm, I'm calling you out, but you're gonna, there's some things I want. There's something I want you to do as well. It says, thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore, thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. Verse 10, this is my covenant, which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcised, and you shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. God gave them a token. God gave them a sign. Amen. God said, hey, I'm putting a mark upon you. Amen. And so uh, he, 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 identified, he, he didn't just give them a promise and say, I'll be, your son, I'll be your God, and you'll be my children, and I'll bless you, and I'll do all these great things, and then leave Abraham wondering and questioning, oh, I don't know, I'm not sure. No, no, God says, here's how we're going to establish. There's going to be a token. There's going to be a sign. There's going to be an evidence. You'll be able to, go, you'll be able to, 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 to have a proof, amen, that, you know what, listen, this, this practice, there was no other nation, and there was no other people on the face of the planet, amen, uh, th- they would have been the, the unique of all the people on earth, amen. God said, I'm going to set you apart. I'm going to establish my covenant with you, and this is the, I'm going to give you evidence, amen, as my people, amen. And you realize uh, that this, uh, this began, if you will, a relationship with God and Abraham and his people that exists, amen, uh, even unto today. It's the Jewish nation. People who consider themselves Jews. They, can say, they say, Abraham is our father. They can track their lineage back to Abraham and to this covenant, to this promise. Amen. That it, it's such a strong, uh, there's such a strong connection. Amen. Even today they say, my, God is my God because of the covenant with Abraham. Amen. And, and this, this practice is still in, play, in, in existence today. And all these people that were, came from Abraham and his, his, his children, amen, that, that came forth, amen, after him. If you, if you begin, I begin to think about uh, all the experiences that they had as God's chosen people. Amen. They were the people of God that was spared on the Passover. God says, you're my people. I'm going to separate you. If you apply the blood to the doorposts and to the lentil, I will pass over your house and spare your firstborn. That was God's chosen people because they were the people of God. Amen. Because they were of the, uh, of the lineage of Abraham. And God had covenanted with them and made them some promises. Forever you're going to be my people. Amen. And so they, they saw the plagues and they, they, they fled Egypt in the night. Amen. As the Passover occurred. And then they, saw, they, they experienced the Red Sea. The parting of the Red Sea. Amen. This was the children of God. Amen. Uh, walking upon, uh, across dry, dry ground. Uh, Brother Regan. Uh, he, he preached the other, uh, Sunday morning talking about, he says, people say that there's an area, uh, this was, it just cracked me up, the, uh, the Red Sea where they could have, you know, just a, p- a few inches deep where they could have walked across. And he made the comment, he says, well, it's a miracle because the whole army of Pharaoh drowned in two inches of water. Um, and uh, if that was the case. But they experience God's miracle working power because he says, I put my covenant upon you. I put my promise upon you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. You're going to be my people. Not every other heathen nation. Not everyone else. Amen. So there became this division among people. 
Amen. You were either a child of God or you were nobody. That's what had, that's what had begun to develop. You are either a, a, a covenanted child of God, amen, or you're a heathen. That was the two options, amen, kind of similar to today. You're either a child of God or you're not, amen. There, wasn't, there, wasn't any, there weren't even any like stepkids in God's kingdom ever. Have there ever been stepchildren, amen, where it's kind of like, well, it's this awkward relate. No, no, you're either God's child or he doesn't know you. And that's, that's what's going to happen in the day of judgment. He says, either he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant, or he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. He's never going to have any that comes and says, yeah, you came over for Thanksgiving and Christmas, and uh, hold on, I'll figure out what to do with you in a minute. No, no, you're either God's child, you've either got the spirit of adoption, or you don't. So these people have history, amen, with uh, 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 the power of God working in their life, amen? And so they've seen God's work. Amen. And they've got the stories as they cross the Jordan. Amen. As they uh, and as, as they conquering Canaan and and uh, the the Jericho and and all the lands that were there and and they have David. The story David came as a was a was a seed of Abraham. And man, they have King David and and Saul and they've got Solomon and all these man. It was all children of God and and all the wonderful all the prophets and and all uh, uh, you know Isaiah and they and, and you've got. Uh, uh, and Elisha and Elijah and all the wonderful things that they, these men of God did and all the wonderful history and heritage, amen, because they were the children of God. It didn't matter if it was a 2000, today even, amen, there's, there, there's something inside of them that says, hey, I'm connected, amen, with David because he was a child of God. He was a, he was a covenanted child of God. There was a connection, amen, uh, uh, with the Passover, amen. There's a connection, amen, in the history, amen. They may be born five years ago or or just today, but because they are Jew and because, amen, they've got that token of the covenant, even today that token, amen, still exists, uh, amen, and they say, hey, because of this, I know I've got a mark, I've got evidence and proof, I'm a child of God. I didn't expect a screaming huddle like that, praise God. But somewhere along the line, we read, Paul says, if you be in Christ... Your Abraham's seed. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means that me, I was born, and I had no Jewish parents. Not mom or dad could ever point back and say, hey, Abraham, I have to a father in the physical bloodline. Amen. But there's a spirit of adoption that took place. And the day that I received the spirit of adoption, amen, the day that, that one moment, amen, one moment I was nobody, one moment I was, I, I, I was nothing, one moment I was, I, was, I was worthless to the world, amen, but then the very next moment, amen, God puts his mark upon my life uh, and upon your life, amen, and God gives you a token of his covenant and his promise, and he gives you his spirit of adoption, amen, and we can stand, uh, amen, in the condition and full of the spirit of adoption and say, hey, I've got Abraham, uh, amen, I can look to the Passover and say, God did that for me, God did that for me, uh, amen, I'm not in the bloodline, amen, but I'm in the spiritual bloodline, amen, of Abraham, I'm Abraham's seed praise God amen and so throughout history throughout history amen this became a huge source basically of pride amen they became proud 
amen, of, of who they were. But they lost the, the purpose of who they were and why they were who they were. Amen. They became, when Jesus comes on the scene, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and all the religious leaders of the day, amen, he began to say, hey, you look like Jews. You, you look like a child of God. And he goes on, and he tells them, finally he tells them, he says, listen, you may have the token of a Jew, but you lack the spirit of Christ. He says, so that makes you uncircumcision. And he says, you know what, these, these Gentiles, if you will, because that's what everyone else was considered, was a Gentile. He says, they're not Jews, they don't have the token of the Jew, but you know what, they've got the righteousness of the law inside their heart. And that righteousness makes them circumcision, is what he says, makes them a Jew. Amen. There was a conversion. There was a switching over. Because you remember, God said, he told Abraham, this is going to be an everlasting covenant. It's never going to end. And it didn't end. It just expanded. Amen. It just went from, okay, we're, we're, we're just going to. He showed through Abraham and his family the promises and the wonders and the glory and the power. Amen. They had the Ark of the Covenant, Brother Jared. They experienced the glory cloud falling down. Amen. And they got, they, they looked at everyone else and almost snubbed their nose and like, we've got the ark. Amen. And at times they would even take the ark out. Amen. Uh, and it just as a, as a uh, hey, we've got the, uh, the glory of God. But they had no understanding of the power and the righteousness and the holiness of God. And they claimed to be, uh, they had uh, the, the, all, the look of God, but they didn't have the power of God. And the ark was taken from them. Amen. The Philistines stole it from them. Man, they had such, they had such a uh, history. They had such a heritage. Amen. But we see where in the Bible, on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, amen, verse number 38, and we'll do 38 and 39. I think we know Acts chapter 2, 38. Amen. It says, Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Verse 39. For the promise is to you and to your children, to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Amen. This was a promise to everyone. Amen. This was a promise to everyone. Amen. This was a promise that, that the Apostle Peter made. Amen. But you understand uh, that I think I, 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 I think that, that the Apostle Peter may have been slightly narrowly minded. I think sometimes we, we use this when we say this. I know it's true, but I don't know how true the Apostle Peter realized it was. Amen. Because he was speaking to Jews. That's who he was preaching to on the day of Pentecost, was those that had the token. Amen. Those were already children of God. Amen. Amen. I'm talking about, amen, the spirit of adoption. We're blessed to have this Holy Ghost. We're blessed to have the, and we've got to have the power of the Holy Ghost because without the Holy Ghost, we're not the Son of God. We're not children of God. Amen. And I'm telling you uh, that, that, that there, was a, there was a mindset, there was, a, there was a, a, an issue in the, in the people, amen, the Jewish people. 
because they, they just couldn't believe anyone that wasn't born of Abraham, amen, could be a child of God, amen, because that's all they'd ever been taught. They'd been taught it from the time they were children, amen. Amen, Galatians, Galatians chapter 2. Amen, verse 6. Amen. This is Paul writing. He says, but of these who seem to be somewhat, or means that they were thinking there was somebody somewhere, right? But of these who seem to be somewhat, whatsoever they were, he said, I don't know who they were. He says, it make it doesn't matter to me. God accepteth no man's person. He said, I don't know who they were. They thought they were somebody. He said, they, they thought they were, boy, they, well, they, I'm telling you, well, this was some, these were some Jews that, well, they were in a high position. And they came. And then he said, I don't know who they were. I don't care who they were. God don't care who they were. He says, for they who seem to be somewhat in conference, which means, he says, they tried to counsel me. They tried to show, they tried to tell me what, they tried to give me the, 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 uh, uh, the, the what's up, what's going on, you know, tell me how to, to run this show. And uh, he says, they seem to be somewhat in conference. They added nothing to me. I didn't care who they were. Verse number seven. They tried to add to me, he says, but contrary wise, he said, instead of trying to help me, they ended up hurting me. Paul's trying to preach the gospel. Paul's trying to spread the gospel. He says, but you know what? Instead of trying to help me, they, they, they were trying to help me in the beginning, but then they turned their back on me and tried to hurt me. Why? For when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto me. He says, when they realized I was preaching to the Gentiles, to who? The people who were not the seed of Abraham by birth. He says, when they realized that I was preaching to them, amen, they tried to hurt me. They didn't want me preaching this to the Gentiles. They, they didn't want me telling the Gentiles, amen, the non-Jewish people, amen, that they could become a child of God and that Jesus died for them. They, didn't, they, tried, to, they tried to destroy my ministry. They tried to put a, 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 a stumbling block in my way because I was preaching to the Gentiles. As the gospel of the circumcision was unto Peter. Verse number 8. For he that wrought effectually in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision to the Jews, the same was mighty in me toward the Gentiles. So who wrought effectually in the apostle Peter? God did. God was working with Peter and the Jews. And he says, the same, is the same God working with me to the Gentiles. The, the wonders that God was showing me, the great things that God was showing me and working, it was God doing the same thing in me. Verse number 9. And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars of the faith, these guys were, these guys were strong in the faith. They, they believed the message. Amen. He says, they, when they perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we should go into the heathen and they under the circumcision. You know, I, I got a feeling that James, Cephas, and John said, hey, you want to preach to the Gentiles, more power to you. But we're not going. I think that's what they were saying. I'll show you here in just a minute why I think that. He, said, he says, listen, if you want to go, that's fine. More power to you, but you have at it. You want to go preach to the Gentiles? I, in my little bit, my thought, my thinking, he's going, I think these guys are going, you're wasting your time. But you have at it. Do what you feel you need to do. Amen? Still with me tonight? 
Praise God. Hope it's okay. I'm just walking through Scripture trying to explain some things. Amen. Sometimes I, I know I've read it and I get through it and you just skip some stuff or miss some things. Amen. But verse uh, number 10, he says, the only thing they asked me, he says, only they would have, that we should remember the poor, that the same which I also forward to do, was forward to do. He says, they just want to make sure we took care of the poor as we're going about doing what we're doing. That's all he asked us to do. Just take care of the poor and, and that way and, and you'll be all right. But verse 11, but when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. Verse 12, for before that certain came from James. Remember, James is the one that said, go ahead, Paul, go ahead, go to the, go to the Gentiles. James says, go ahead and go to the Gentiles. We're not going with you, but go ahead and go. Just take care of the poor. He says, before that certain, he said, before there were certain people who came from James, sent some people, James sent some people to the Apostle Peter. Jews. He sent some Jews to the Apostle Peter. But before that happened, Peter ate with the Gentiles. He fellowshiped with the Gentiles. He spent time with the Gentiles. Amen? Does that make sense? We understand that? Before James sent the help from the Jewish help, right? These Jewish folks that had been converted well when James sent these guys when they were come Peter withdrew and separated himself from the Gentiles he didn't want to associate with them anymore fearing them which were of the circumcision he was afraid of what the Jews were going to say the apostle Peter just preached this is to you to your children to all them that are far off I don't know if the apostle Peter was really realizing what he was saying when he was saying that, that God had bigger plans than, than the Apostle Peter ever had. I think the Apostle Peter was preaching what he knew was anointed of God, was the message of God, but I think God was trying to, he was saying, okay, because uh, he was saying, hey, this is, he put the words in his mouth to say it, and when he preached it, amen, but I'm telling you, uh, the Apostle Peter, he had some issues in his heart, amen, because he was a Jew, he was born a Jew, he was, he was the seed of Abraham, and he began to understand, uh, he, he wanted to preach to the Gentiles, but man, when the Jews came along, he would say, hey, I got to go, I don't want to even be seen with you. We realize that actually happened. The Apostle Peter said, I don't even want to be seen. He, Apostle Peter, if he would have been here in the church with us tonight and the Jews would have showed up, he would have walked out and said, I, I, I got to go. Because he wouldn't have wanted to be seen with us. You realize that? That's what happened. Amen? Verse 13. It says, and the other Jews which was with Peter, disassembled, dissembled likewise with him, insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation. And that word dissimulation literally means hypocrisy. That's the exact the, the, the translation is hypocrisy. He says they were being hypocrites. They were preaching Christ. They were preaching the love of God. They were preaching salvation. Uh, but you know what? When it came to, uh, to, to their pride, he says, you're being hypocritical because you know what? You're snubbing your nose that you're better than them because you're a Jew. So if we ever get to the place where we ever think we're better than anybody else in this world because we, we dress apart, we look better than ever, we, we're separated by the way we look and, and, and we're apostolic, we've got to be careful, amen, because that's exactly what was going on, amen, with the Jews of that day, amen. 
By the grace of God, we have the spirit of adoption. By the grace of God, God saved our soul. Amen. I'm telling you, that was the concern. That was the issue that the Jews had all throughout history. Amen. Is the, they, got, they, they got proud of who they were, and they began to do, and they lost the righteousness of the law and the righteousness of God. Amen. And the apostle Paul, or the apostle Peter, and all those that were with him, the, the Barnabas, they all, they, they, all, they all left the Gentiles. They all were in hypocrisy. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you uh, that this door of salvation, God intended to open unto the Jews or unto the Gentiles. Amen. It was to all people. When Peter preached on Acts chapter 2, verse 39, this was to you, dear children, to all them that are far off. That's what God intended. Amen. And when Paul is trying to preach this message over and over and over and over again, he's trying to persuade, amen, uh, he goes to, to, to Ephesus, goes to Galatia, goes to all these, uh, to Rome, amen, is trying to say, listen, we don't have to live as the Jews. Over and over the message, we don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. Stop making the Christian converts, amen, become circumcised. Stop doing that. He says, we don't have to do that. We don't have to live after the law. We don't have to follow, amen, the law, uh, uh, amen. But what we do have to have is the spirit of adoption. We do have to have the Holy Ghost. We do have to have the righteousness of the law, amen. We can't say, well, the law is done away with. No, Paul says the righteousness of the law should still be there, amen. The righteousness of what the law intended to do ought to be in our heart. Amen. We ought to love God enough, amen, that we're going to live righteous, that we're going to, to obey the commandments of God because we care about our Father. We love our Father, amen, because He loved us enough that He died for us, amen, that He saved us from sin, amen. And when that compels us, amen, to be obedient to the holiness of God and the righteousness of God, amen, then we know we are the Son of God because we're led of His Spirit. His Spirit is holy. It will lead us to be holy. It fails to be a list of guidelines when you have the spirit of holiness living inside of you. When you're being led of the Holy Ghost. Amen. When you're led of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And you hold your phone before you. You'll go, is this holy or not? Is this righteous or not? Is this or not? Or, or if you're not led of the Holy Ghost, amen. If you're just led of rules, you'll go, does pastor say we could do this or not? That's the difference. When you have the spirit of holiness. Spirit of the adoption, amen, within you. That's what Paul says. Listen, the Gentiles, they get the righteousness of God. They get, they get how God is righteous. They, they live after righteousness. That makes them a child of God. You have every marking upon you that says you're a Jew, but you're not a child of God because you don't live according to his righteousness. That's where many times we miss the mark, amen. If we're led of the Spirit of God, that's why we get the Holy Ghost. If we have his spirit, I'm telling you, if we're not led of holiness, we're not a child of God and we're lost. We better get our minds upon the Lord and seek God and say, until I love the things that you love, God, until I hate the things that you hate, amen, until we know, amen, that whenever we're, we feel condemnation or conviction, amen, in, in, in some area of our life because we realize God is not pleased with this. Amen? Praise God. That's what Paul kept trying to say. Listen, he says, could we uh, sin that grace doth abound? He said, God forbid, don't sin anymore. But if you've got the Holy Ghost, it's going to give you power to overcome and to live above that. You're not going to need the law. You're not going to need the list of things to do and not to do. 
if you have the Holy Ghost. Not did you receive the Holy Ghost five years ago or 20 years ago, 30 years ago. But today, when you woke up, are you led of the Spirit of God? Who can answer that besides you? God knows. You know. Amen. Amen. I believe when the church begins to be led of the Spirit, when we begin to get led of the Holy Ghost, it will lead us to witness. It will lead us, amen, to live right. And I'm, I'm telling you, I've been in places. Amen. I, was, I went up to place. Uh, I was at a place as a young teenage person. Or, a, yeah, I guess that's probably what I was. I was with my grandmother. We were kind of together. And it was a, just not known to be a good place. And uh, my grandma just said, I just feel horrible. I just don't feel right. There wasn't really anything going on at the time. With, but she just said, I just don't feel good about this. I just don't feel right. And we can get to a place where we can feel that, where we can be led by that. Then we'll know we're the sons of God. Is that a fair enough statement today? Amen. This isn't a matter of trying to cast a stone at anyone or rebuke anyone. But this is what Paul said, if you're led of the Spirit. What Spirit? The Holy Spirit. Then you're the Son of God. It's just like my son. If we're, we're, we'll go out and take a walk in the, you know, out, we'll go over to the pond or we'll do something out. You know what? I, I'm, I'm going before him to make sure there's no, he's got, he's got little short legs, right? Make sure there's nothing going to, you know, if he's got to get over a log or do something like that. I'm there to lead him. I'm his dad. Now, if I tell him, says, listen, don't go over by that you're going to get hurt without me. You're going to get hurt if you go over there without me. Went out one day. He was in a chair. We had some hay bales stacked about this high, and he was sitting on top of them in a, in a lawn chair. I did not lead him to do that. I think that was that something deep inside. That somewhere, I don't know, it said, this will be fun, they said. Sit on top of the hay bales, they said. Fall down and break your head, they said. But I'm telling you, when God is truly, when we receive the spirit of adoption, there's a mark. God fills us with his spirit. And that's why on the day of Pentecost, they spoke in tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. Amen? Now, I'll end, I think I end with it. I probably should end sometime. Sister Becca, would you come? Amen. So these these old Jews again. I hope I didn't. You know what? You guys are really going to appreciate Brother Regan coming back, being here for next week's Bible study. Talking, preaching about the gifts of the Spirit are a whole lot. I know are a whole lot more uh, better than what I got to offer. But uh, Amen. But here tonight, understand, we're not just a religion. We're not just a, a, a Pentecostal denomination. If that's what you're a part of, you're not a part of the right thing. If you're here because we got apostolic or Pentecostal in our title, or because you like our worship, that's, that's not why you, you should be here. Or if you're here be, because you just you feel like it's obligation that you should be here. Hopefully, 
at some point this afternoon, the Spirit of God inside of us has said, hey, it's, going to be, it's about time to start getting ready for church. It's about time, son, daughter, let's get ready for church. We get to go to the house of the Lord tonight. It's church night. Something inside of our spirit. That spirit says, I'm going to go spend some time with dad tonight. I'm going to go spend some time talking to dad. That's what you should be a part of. When you can say, I don't see any way out of my situation. I see no way. But I remember dad. One time for great, great, great grandpa, Moses, part of the Red Sea. I can connect with that story because I'm, I'm a son of God. I am now a part of the family of God. And so we can come into the house of God and say, I, I, I just don't know how I'm going to make it. and I just don't know how I'm going to make ends meet this month, Brother Jerry. I don't know how I've got too much month at the end of my money. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm nervous. I'm stressed. I don't know, how, I don't know what's going to happen. I can remember a man of God out in the middle of nowhere that God brought some a raven, made sure he had something to eat and fed him and took care of him. How did you figure that into your plan? Well, I knew Dad could do it. That's what you're a part of, church. Are you a child of God? Are you led of the Spirit? Or are you here out of obligation? Do you, do you see where I'm going with this tonight? Living for God shouldn't be an obligation. That's what the prodigal son, that's what happened. It became an obligation. He felt like everything that was going on, I have to work in the field. I have to do this, and I can't do this, and Dad won't let me do this, and Dad won't let me do that, and I blah, 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 blah. Man, it's just so difficult. He just doesn't understand. And man, so many rules, so much going on. Why? I tell you what, you know, you know, why be so strict about all this stuff? It wasn't until the prodigal son left the father's house. Had a good time for a while. But then. good time kind of ran away kind of, kind of ran out of money ran out of fun and as this prodigal was this, this young man was feeding swine which was an abomination to him he's like man I'm just getting ready to, he, he wanted to eat that slop that, that his pigs were eating That'd be gross today. The Bible says he came to himself and realized, what in the world am I doing here in this condition? Why am I in this condition when my dad, his servants, are eating better than I am? 
why in the world am I living this way? Why do I have to, why am I, what am I doing this for? And kind of full circle, what I'd say at the beginning, you know, if you just give yourself wholly to the Lord, it sure is a whole lot easier to live for God. But I think there's part of us that says, I don't want to, I don't want to fully live for God. I want to be living my flesh. I want to do what I want to do. I want to live the way I want to live. I want to follow my own rules. But to receive the blessings of the Father, it can't happen. Because I'm sure in the Father's house, right, I'm sure it, it wasn't like all of a sudden, you know, it's like, man, everything's perfect. And then the very next day was like, I'm leaving. It was a process of time going one thing after another. I'm sure he probably complained to brothers, complained to folks in the house. And I was like, man, I can't believe you did that. Your chores are harder than my chores. It just became this issue in his heart. It became a burden to live in the Father's house. Everything about him, I guarantee you there wasn't one positive thing he could find out about the house of, of his dad. Nothing was, every, every aspect, every, through his lens, everything was horrible. Nothing was good. He didn't see the provision, didn't see the protection, didn't see the support, didn't see the care, didn't see any of that. He just saw all the issues that were wrong with the father's house. All that he could see well before the day he left. And so I say, if all you see is the issues that are wrong with the church, with the house of God, too much drama, too much this, and too many rules, and blah, blah, blah. Just a word of caution, word of warning. Rethink some things about the Father's house. Because there came a point where he was at his low, low, low spot. And he finally came to himself, made the long, arduous journey home that he had such, had at the point before then such pride. He had just, he'd done so much complaining, so much, everything, just so much was wrong. Now, he says, listen, I don't think it was all that bad. I sure don't think it was that bad. Haven't had, maybe hadn't had bath in days or weeks. I don't know. I really didn't even, man, I didn't even plan to go this, end it this direction. But we're here, so feel the Holy Ghost. We're going to finish here. <laughs> You know, interestingly, I know we've heard this before, but when the prodigal left the house, there wasn't one person that ran after him. Because when somebody chooses to get it made up in their mind, something is a certain way, you're not going to convince them otherwise. You'll never convince that prodigal, that, hey, listen, think about the good, think no, no. Too restrictive.
so as he came home, the Bible says that the dad, father, saw him afar off. Saw him afar off as he was making his way home. You can infer many things. You can infer, the Bible doesn't say this, but I have a feeling that the father never stopped being a father. Maybe as he passed by the porch in the day, he kind of kept his eye on the end of the road. As the evening passed, maybe as the day was dawning, kind of go back out and just kind of see. Hoping, believing. But one day, the son was actually making his way home and And all of dad's dreams were fulfilled. And he took off running after that guy. Why? Because he was his son. Just like you and I, if we are led of his spirit, we are his sons. Amen? Amen. I was going to talk about Cornelius, and I don't, I don't have the time to talk about Cornelius, but... You can read about it in Acts chapter 10, and I'm sure many of us have. But if you take the time, I tried, I tried desperately to go through some of these with the church, just to go through and slow down just a little bit. Let's talk about what's going on. As we talk about this story, and I understand this sharp division between the Jewish people, which were Abraham's seed, and the Gentiles. But God actually has to come to the Apostle Peter and show him in a vision that, hey, listen, there's no more division anymore. There's nothing separating you anymore from the rest of the... I've, I've expanded the family. I've grown the family. And so the Apostle Peter goes to Cornelius' house, preaches to him the same message. I think he was preaching to him going... I have no idea what's going to happen. I think he was preaching Jesus and him crucified and all that. And in the back of his mind, he's thinking, why am I preaching this? I just got a feeling. You know why I think that? That's because when they got the Holy Ghost, all them Jews, the Bible says, were astonished. They didn't expect them to get the Holy Ghost. They're Gentiles. But they said, out of, upon the Gentiles, the Holy Ghost was poured out as well. Why and how did they know that the Gentiles had become full of the Holy Ghost? The Bible says, for they heard them speak with tongues. There was a token of the covenant, of the promise. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Why don't we stand tonight? If anything, I, I, I just want to reiterate to, our, to us tonight that we are the children of God. We're God's people, all of us. You're a child of God. And we stress receiving that spirit, the Holy Ghost, because 
it's that spirit that adopts us into the family of God. It's the spirit of God. It's the, it's the Holy Ghost, amen, that, 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 that is the stamp of, that's my son. That's the adoption papers, if you will. It's the Holy Ghost. And if you can't point back to a moment in time when you can look and say, I received the Holy Ghost on this date, or, or, or when I, and I know for, for a fact, because I, I remember I was praying, and God filled me with the Holy Ghost, and I began saying words I never spoke before. Amen. And I, and that, I, I know for a fact, amen, that I'm a child of God. Amen. That's our evidence. That's our sign. We're a, chill, we're a child of God. We can point back to all the glory, all the wonder, amen, of the Lord in the Scripture. The apostles, we're established on the apostles and the prophets. I wasn't born of Abraham, amen, but I was born of God, amen, through the power of the Holy Ghost, amen. Tonight, even tonight, amen, the Holy Ghost is available, amen. It's still working. It's, he's still adopting, amen, ch children into his family. The door is still open of salvation, amen. God still desires, amen, to, to add you into the family, Amen. God still desires to add you, amen, into his family, amen, and give you all the rights of a, of, of a child of God, all the protection, all the provision, all the care, amen, that comes along, amen, with being a child of God. He wants to give it to you tonight. Amen. He wants to renew that in you. He wants you to know for sure. How do we know God help renew it in me? Amen. It's when we get down on our knees and, and we begin to pray and God fills us with the Holy Ghost again. Amen. We go back into that, that paperwork and say, remember God. Remember God, I'm yours and I need you. We can come boldly into a throne of grace in a time of need. Why? Because we're not, amen, a foreigner. We're a fellow citizen with Christ. We are, are now a son. We're, we are heirs according to promise. And we can come to God at an altar and say, God, I need your help. Amen. He'll say, yes, son. Yes, daughter. I'm here to help you. Amen. I'm talking whatever you need tonight in this service. Amen. Amen. Don't just think it's, I know it's just a little after 9 o'clock tonight. But before tonight, before you walk out of this place, amen, understand you have a father. You have a God, amen, that is here to meet your need. Everything that you need tonight, amen. If you need salvation, God's here to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Amen. If you need a renewing in your spirit, God's here to renew you. If you need a miracle, God, amen, is here to, to perform a miracle in your life. If you need a, if you're standing at the Red Sea and you got Pharaoh on your back tonight, God is here in this service to say, hey, remember, son, I'm here. I'm here. Just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Amen. Come on. Why are you here tonight? Were we led here or, 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 we, or were we just here out of out of just habit. Hallelujah. Praise God. Why don't we seek the Lord tonight? The altars are open.